who's your fifth quarterback, Luke? All right, number five for me is going to be Joe Burrows. So, hot, wow, hot take you, for you guys. You put, him, but, you put him in the top ten? Uh, yeah, Joe he's my Slant? top ten. Yeah, Joe Slance oh. is number five for me. All right, dude can figure out how to win games. I don't – he loses uh, Jamar Chase for a game, a couple games. He forgets how to throw the ball, stuff like that. So, if he has a major injury at wide receiver, he, his season's about done. With Mark Davis, Chris Gemeinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and good evening and welcome to this. We finally have ESPN Fanny Position Rankings and my Miami Heat are about to blow a 3-0 series lead over the Boston Celtics episode of All About the Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis, excited and nervous in the sack house, joined alongside as always, my two great co-hosts, Chris Gemeinhart and Nick the Doc Skirkwins. And if you are watching on YouTube and listening on Spotify and Apple, you'll soon hear his voice. We also have a special co-host and guest and a brother to me and Chris and soon-to-be brother to Nick the Doc Skirkwins because they both love Lamar Jackson and believe let's, he will be the 2023 NFL MVP. Luke Rule. Luke, how's it feel to be in the sack house? Let's fucking take hey, it man. easy. Hey, that was fucking a hell of an intro there, Mark. Hey, it feels good to be here. It's been a little while. I know, I've been sitting in the back watching you guys the past few weeks, getting this podcast starting up. It's, you know, it sounded good so far. So I wanted to hop on with you guys. Yes, thank you for that. I hope you get some furniture in your house soon so your echoing is not as bad. And Chris, yeah, yeah, I know this puts a it. smile to my face and a tear to my eye to having one of our brothers that we've grown up with live with us. How's it feel to have Luke in the sack house tonight? It feels amazing. Can't wait to get into many arguments with Luke about the Ravens. But yes. I just want to give a big shout out to Doc. I'm so glad you're back. I know it's hard to see LeBron get swept. So oh. I'm glad you took your little pity cry and now you're back. Yeah, that's what happened. And hopefully we can get Luke on the whole mute buttons when it comes to drink, taking drinks and opening drinks, things like that. We have to work on that. I know Luke's new to the show, so we'll work on that. Doc, though, I hope that you can get close to Luke like we have over the years. Like I said, to start the show, you and Luke are huge Lamar Jackson advocates. You guys think he's going to be the MVP this year. You think nope. he's going to go probably 17-0 and and win the Super nope. Bowl. How's it feel to have Luke, the Raven advocate, yeah. in the Sackhouse, Doc? It's got to feel like week 14, Baltimore Ravens. That's what it's got to feel like right now. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, is shit. He's always been shit. He's always going to be shit. Um, and I'm okay. realistically, I'm going to say nine and seven or nine, uh, 10 and seven, 10 and seven this year. Yeah, yeah Luke, you're right there. Yeah, Luke, wow. you will know that Doc is a Lamar and Michael Jordan <laughs> closet fan. So, or I'm sorry, LeBron James and Michael or Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. closet fan. So you'll learn that as you start to join the show more and more. But I boys, would also, uh, before we get moving forward here, I would also like to take this opportunity to announce my retirement from the podcast. Uh, this will be my last episode. It has been real. I won't say it's been real fun. Um, it's been something. I mean, you've missed three of the last six episodes, so, I mean, you've been a part-timer lately anyways. I, I but mean, I, I guess I am a Lamar Jackson, huh? Yeah, I mean, you are. But <laughs> moving on, we have a busy, busy show tonight. We're hoping to get it down to an under hour, but if we have to go a little over, nothing wrong with that. We have a busy, busy NFL schedule and headlines to discuss. There's always something popping off. 
Also, like I said, we're going to be doing our top 10 fantasy quarterback for redraft league rankings. We're each going to give our 10 through one slots. And yes, we will be talking about the Miami Heat potentially blowing this 3-0 series lead as it is right now 3-2 heading back to Miami for game six tomorrow, May 27th. But boys, earlier today, it is Friday, May 26th, so when we released this, let everyone know that this happened on this day. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers, at least in our lifetime, formerly as the Arizona Cardinals, as yes, they released him. They did not trade him. There were three teams that were heavily trading for him or trying to inquire on him, and that was Buffalo, New England, and Baltimore. Chris, are you shocked that DeAndre Hopkins did not get traded as he had a no-trade clause after he got suspended? Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals are pretty stupid. They should have at least done something. My theory is they were asking way too much. No one was budging on it. And instead of like trying to negotiate, they just fucking said deuces. And they took that big 22 million cap hit. RIP. That fucking yeah, organization. And if I had to ask you early on, since this happened today, what team do you think is going to get Sir DeAndre Hopkins? I'm going to go for the Bills or the Ravens. I think the Patriots. I don't think he wants to go to the Patriots. Bill O'Brien's there with offensive coordinator. I don't think he wants to link back in with Bob. So I'm going to go Bills or Ravens. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, Doc, he has been training with Von Miller heavily in the offseason, who is on the Buffalo Bills. He also did mention on I Am Athlete Podcast his top five QBs just this week who he would like to have a ball thrown to. One was Josh Allen. Two was Jalen Hurts. Three was Patrick Mahomes. Four was Lamar Jackson. And five was Justin Herbert. Do you think Shocker. one of those five QBs is going to be the team that gets DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I mean, when I look at who needs the help, um, Kansas City wouldn't be a bad a bad option uh, for needing help in that wide receiver core, um, bringing that veteran presence. Uh, but otherwise, no, I think Buffalo is going to be Buffalo is going to be the clear clear front runner for him. I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think Buffalo is the betting favorite now. I do think Kansas City. I mean, because Hopkins said he wants a defense that's in a win mode now, and that is Buffalo. He wants great management, so Kansas City Buffalo fit that scheme, and he wants a quarterback that is willing to win and loves the game. So Mahomes and that Josh Allen are those two quarterbacks. Luke Lamar Jackson is on that list. I know that they got Odell Beckham before the uh, the draft, essentially that week of the draft. And what a pick! You know, now that. It's a privilege. It's going to be a privilege deal for Hopkins because teams can't afford that mega hit. They'll move cap for him, but not to like the standard, like, you know, 20 something million dollars. Do you regret maybe the Ravens getting Odell and not winning on DeAndre Hopkins? No, I so yeah, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is like out of the question for the Ravens still. Ravens still can make some money moves and make Hopkins part of the team. I know Lamar Jackson said he wanted OBJ and Hopkins to join the team. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins the other day was just talking highly of Lamar Jackson on the uh, podcast, the I'm Athlete podcast. So it's still some some possibility could happen. Uh, EDC uh, Eric Costa hasn't shot that down yet, so he still he said team's not done until uh, the week one of the NFL season. So we'll see if the Ravens make a move on him. I hope they do solidify that wide receiver room, get two veterans in there with a couple of young guys, and see see what happens. When it comes said and done, though, do you think the Ravens sign him or is it going to be the Buffalo Bills or another team? I, I hope the Ravens at least take a shot at him, you know, see what happens. I think ultimately I probably think Kansas City needs the most help with the wide receiver room right now, but if, I'd love for the Ravens to go snag him. DeAndre Hopkins had a good season, the, what, nine games he played. I think he only had like one or two games that he didn't have like five catches. So he's still yeah, got it. He's that- still a good player. He just got to stay off the steroids. I mean, yeah, so that whole thing, we'll maybe address that later, but 
uh, Chris did mention that they will be taking a $22.6 million dead cap. So they're paying that all up front this year. And I had a buddy of mine send me an actual picture of it. He's actually getting paid more this year from that dead cap than the 49ers are paying Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel combined. So the Cardinals are eating a lot of money. They did save $8.15 million, but they're in a rebuild mode. Uh, essentially, they got a new GM. They got a new coach. Kyler Murray's out for pretty much half the year, maybe a little earlier than that. But the Cardinals are a mess. So back to the shit, sto- shit show of Arizona. Before we move on, anyone have anything else to say about DeAndre Hopkins in this topic? Top space is a myth. Yep, 100%. That is a fact. He, he can go anywhere. A, a sneaky team, 49ers, might snag in them. That'd be, that would be an actual interesting move with Shanahan. Um, honestly, with Debo, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle in that running game, that would be a hell of a pickup for them. And I think that would probably make them the favorite in the NFC because as of right now, it looks like Philly's got that locked up. But moving on, a little bit of an interesting situation that was unfolding today. John Gruden, the former Las Vegas Raiders and Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, has been seen working with the New Orleans Saints and more specifically that offense and Derek Carr to help install the West Coast offense as the New Orleans Saints uses a type of offense that the Las Vegas Raiders did. Chris, the Saints are your team. Do you think, after everything that happened with John Gruden in Las Vegas and all the emails that were hacked, that this is the attention that the Saints want in their field, and their facility? I mean, I don't think the Saints really care about that stuff. I think they're more worried about winning. And I think this is great for Derek Carr and the Saints, especially Pete Carmichael. He... He was an ass offensive coordinator last year. I mean, we definitely could see a step back from Sean Payton calling that offense and then Pete Carmichael coming up. And Derek Carr definitely played better when John Gruden was on the sideline. So I'm excited to see it as long as he's just not a coach. And Doc, like Chris said, he's excited. And John Gruden does have a great offensive mind. He's apparently a quarterback guru, even though in my lifetime he hasn't really actually blossomed a quarterback. Done anything? Yeah, I haven't really seen him actually blossom a quarterback. Do you think this will turn the Saints around to potentially be one of the top offenses in the league? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think, if anything, uh, personally, this takes the Saints in the other direction. Uh, look at John Gruden's time in, in uh, Oakland. What did the Raiders do? The Raiders were not successful. They had the draft picks. They had the capital. They had the opportunity to build a team, and they didn't. Uh, they had a chance to sprout Derek Carr, and, uh, I mean, he had the one good year until the car broke down on the way to the Super Bowl, you know. But other than that, I mean, what has he done in, in Oakland? He has not been a historically good coach in, in this most recent tenure. So, no, I don't I don't think that this does anything. I think that, I mean, it, it has the chemistry of, of pairing him together with Derek Carr in New Orleans. But other than that, like giving him a guy that he knows how to work with, but other than that, I don't see how this helps in, uh, New Orleans in any fashion. And fun fact, I mean, Doc. I, I, I wouldn't say it doesn't help them in any fashion. Gruden's not coming in and trying to be the fucking head coach for the New Orleans Saints. He's coming in to be that quarterback guru for Derek Carr. He knows how Derek Carr works. They both linked in. They both had the connection. He's new to the Saints offense, so they're coming in to work that. He's not coming in to tell Dennis Allen how to fucking trade picks away and run the organization down to the ground. So, I mean, I think you're completely wrong on that one, Doc, but – well, I mean, yeah, no, the numbers think, the numbers only speak for themselves. Four and twelve, seven and nine, eight and eight. I mean, I guess he had a winning record of three and two before getting fired, so there's that. I mean, I guess we can hold on to that from uh twenty one, but otherwise, I mean Yeah, but again, is John Green Okay, you're right. Maybe maybe he doesn't yeah, coach. maybe he's not completely useless. Maybe it's not a completely useless move, but I don't think it helps the Saints. 
I think I think this move Dolphins. makes the yeah I think it makes the Saints a clear favor in the NFC South at least lock up that that's uh, hard NFC to do South playoff position. I know such a competitive division down there. there. It's, it's super competitive, competitive division down there. Yeah, the they're NFC all South, six and they're all yeah, six think, and, uh, thirteen. I think Bruno back, they're helping out the Saints locks it up for them. That's an easy move. The only real experienced quarterback that has any like chances of winning that division is probably Derek Carr. And fun fact, though, Doc, is the Raiders actually play in Las Vegas, not Oakland. Just want to let you know that they did move a few years ago. But, Luke, I wanted to get your I'm aware take of that, but 90% of his career was in Oakland, all right? Let, let's, <laughs> let's not get it twisted. But, Luke, do you Oakland think has that – a better record than your dynasty league. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the way he's been doing draw mock drafts, that's not going to be hard to beat. It's the first Luke, year, homie. Do you think that this opens the door for potential John Gruden hiring in the future? In the next couple of years as a head coach again no i don't i the email scandal it's i he's bringing too much baggage to a team if he's gonna be hired as a head coach or even offensive defensive coordinator and i don't think he's gonna take anything besides a head coaching job or an advisory role so i, I don't think he gets hired again as a head coach maybe immediate personality sometime in the future take the old urban meyer route and see if he can get hired on a team later on but i don't see it anywhere in the near future I mean, if not that, he can go back to being a broadcaster. If Urban Meyer can get a job back with Fox, why can't John Gruden get hired somewhere else as well? I, I do think personally that this will kind of help uh, the Saints in a little bit of direction. I think Dennis Allen's a joke anyways as a coach. I think John Gruden being there is just a better presence in general. I do think the Saints maybe wouldn't want to bring him there just because of the attention uh, he's going to bring with the media. I mean, you just personally don't want to have that in your field, in your facility. And speaking of facilities, boys, the New England Patriots lost two OTAs due to being at the facility too long. I mean, to me, the OTAs is, a, is not really that big of a deal. It's just volunteer workouts. I don't think really anything's that serious until training camp. Chris, they have a problem with Bill Belichick and these coaches apparently not knowing the rules, or are they just back to cheating like they usually do? I have a problem to begin with for us calling it OTAs, off-season team activities. It's fucking practice. Let's call it practice. Okay, why are we fucking slapping on these fancy names of OTAs? It's fucking practice. But, I mean, who gives a fuck if some players are there late? I think the NFL is like some hard asses when it comes to these rules for offseason. It's stupid. I mean, you have you have guys that come in on their own during the offseason. Why do teams not get in trouble for that? But God yeah, exactly. Player stays an hour late after off-season team activities. Go fuck yourself, Roger Goodell. Yeah, I mean, we always have a problem with Roger and Luke. Do you think Bill's just trying to gain an advantage like he always does, though? Or do you think it's hey, just a bullshit rule? Hey, same old Patriots. You know, any way they can get an advantage on the team, they're going to take it. If it means staying in practice a couple hours extra and getting caught and missing a couple days, you know, Hey, if they would have got away with it, nobody would have cared. So, same old Patriots. They're going to take every advantage they can. They have probably one of the least talented teams in the AFC. So, they got to do whatever they can to try to win some games this year. And, Doc, do you personally give a shit about this topic? Uh, I do. I mean, this is a pretty common uh, thing across all sports. I mean, all sports have regulations and guidelines of how long you can practice, when you're able to use team facilities, at what time of the year, time of the day, whatever. Um, I don't think it's the Patriots trying to actively cheat because let's be honest, a couple of guys working an extra hour. I mean, shit, you can go home and wait lift. You know what I'm saying? You can go to the Y and do it. I don't think that this was the Patriots trying to get ahead. I think it was just a 
what's the big fucking deal? And they pressed forward and that was it until something happened. You know what I mean? I think it was just, hey, we're here. Let's finish it out and let's go home and shit happens. Yeah, I just personally think it's a bullshit rule, though, in general. Like Chris was saying, it's it's such a bad rule. I mean, it's it's like saying if I'm working overtime, I mean, that's poor on me for being there. No, I'm trying to get my job done. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to do the right thing. You know, trying to prove my team. I do think it's a kind of bullshit rule that you have a time limit well, on how you long you're look to at, work. You got to hey, look at the reason behind the rule. You got to you got to look at the reason behind the rule. There's obviously a reason why they have that in place, and whatever that reason is, a lot of times makes sense. It it still may be a stupid rule, but you understand. Uh, COVID was a big one um, when COVID was going on, as far as teams getting together to practice, players getting together to practice, sharing regiments. Uh, when the strike happened, players were not allowed to use team workouts. They were not allowed to share regiments between each other. So, I mean, there, there's all kinds of rules in all kinds of places across all sports, like I said. But um, you, you got to understand the reason behind the rule, which I don't know what it is. I mean, it's still probably a dumb rule, but, I mean, it, it would explain a lot better. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, what's the difference between players staying late at the team facility <laughs> than going to a field and meeting up in fucking Miami? So it is a it's a field. it is a liability thing. It is a team or NFL is responsible to pay certain things. It is uh, can be contract stuff where the contract for the players' association to protect players from having to work fourteen hours a day in OTAs. Uh, versus the time that they do, whatever the case is. I mean, it's it's rules that are usually in there by the players' association to protect the players. Yeah, I should probably work on. They should probably work on fucking fixing players' concussions before they worry about how late we stay on OTAs. But we'll move on from this one. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, so they're trying to fix the players' concussions by with the kickoff rule. So that is something they're trying to fix. Yeah, Luke, you missed that conversation last episode. Wish you. It's a field issue too. It's not just a kickoff rule. It's going to turn to flag football here in a few years. So. Yeah, and that's what Andy Reid said too. Don't know if y'all saw it. Andy Reid did say if you take too many things out, like the kickoff rule, it's going to become flag football. And if Andy Reid's saying that, if Andy Reid's saying that and he's speaking out to the NFL, that's an issue because he is one of the, you know, the legendary coaches in the league currently. And that, that's a big topic if one of the legendary coaches is saying that. But like Chris said, moving on, Russell Wilson back in the headlines. He looks healthy, boys. He looked, looked like he lost about 30 to 40 pounds, slimming down out there in Denver. We have Sean Payton there, an upgraded offensive line. Chris, what, does this new slim uh, Russell Wilson and new Sean Payton acquiring for the coach, does this turn them around? Do they compete in the AFC West and maybe make a playoff push? I think Sean Payton's more chill out there. Of course, he's out there hitting bongs, but we won't talk about that one. <laughs> but I definitely think uh, Denver will compete this year with Sean Payton calling that offense now. Luke, do you think that – him losing weight is a big deal. Now that maybe he's a little more agile, a little bit more mobile than he could because he he wasn't running the ball that much last year compared to his Seattle days. Do you think this is big for uh, Denver? Oh, yeah, this is huge. This is Sean Payne effect 100% right here. Sean Payne took out Russell Wilson's whole team, kicked him out of the office, you know, get out of the facility for Russell Wilson's team. Sean Payne told him to go on a fucking diet, eat some, like, eat some good food. Russell Wilson loses some weight. Guess what? Now he can throw the ball. He can run the ball a little, a little more agile now. He's going to – Russell Wilson is not going to be competed with how many bathrooms he has in his house compared to touchdowns this season. So, Doc, is Denver going to make that push that we thought they were going to have last year when they first got uh, Russell Wilson? I mean, 
I'd like to say so. I wasn't super thrilled with the offseason um, and, and the opportunity to build that team up. Um, I think that he's in a much better position to compete. I think that, uh, you know, I mean, the yardage last year wasn't terrible for Wilson in comparison to previous years. He was right around that, uh, you know, thirty-five to 4,000 uh, mark. You know, obviously it was just the end of the drive was the big problem. Only 16 touchdowns last year. But, um, yeah, I think it makes him – I think he'll be more competitive, like you said, with that mobility, but I don't know if Denver's ready to compete. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I, I do disagree, though, with you. I, I like the moves they made on the offensive line. They did get two studs out there, one from the Niners and one from the Ravens. Luke knows about Ben Powers. He's now out there in uh, Denver. And that was an issue they had was the offensive line. I, I don't know if they're ready to necessarily compete. They have a tough division. You do have the Chargers, and, yes, you have the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And the conference in general is just loaded. Playoff push, I mean, maybe a wild card spot. I, I don't know. I, I think I don't they're think a long so. way away. I don't trust yeah, the receivers. Yeah, I mean, it, but like Luke said, it is a Sean Payton effect. I mean, he comes in there. He's he's getting things right. I mean, it's, it's going to take Sean Payton a couple of years, I think. But I'm interested to see this. Bring back Bounty Gate. Bring back Bounty Gate. Yeah, Chris hey, knows hey, a lot about hey, Bounty Gate. Hey, <laughs> I mean, every team does hey, it. It works. But, but only one team gets caught. Exactly. That's true. But it was more of the defense coordinator that was the problem, I guess. But yeah. moving on, Bryce Young, the 2023 NFL first overall pick, has has shined in OTAs, but has also had a lot of issues with batted balls. Luke, I'm starting with you on this one. We've seen past quarterbacks, short quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson have success, but you also have seen shorter quarterbacks like Baker and Kyler Murray have issues getting past the line of scrimmage. Which side do you think Bryce Young is a bad sign, or do you think he's actually going to be able to adjust and overcome? Oh, hey, Bryce Young's still young. He's still learning this. He's got to he's got to learn to throw that ball over these linemen, kind of like how Drew Brees and Russell Wilson do. They they throw those deep, like high deep bombs to their wide receivers. Bryce Young's just got to learn to figure that out. He can't be throwing balls on a rope when he's fucking five foot five. So, yeah, Doc, do you think that this is a, just a small setback, or do you think that this is actually signs to come for his future in the NFL. No, this is this is 100% just a learning curve. I mean, the pace of play between going between college and the NFL is so huge. I mean, the speed is incredibly dynamic up at the NFL level. Um, guys are bigger, taller, stronger, faster. I mean, it's this is just this is the kind of things that he didn't see on the line while he was playing down in Alabama, not to, you know, obviously discredit the SEC cuz it's a fantastic power 5, but um, a lot of those guys are not going pro. A lot of those guys don't have what it takes to go pro, and they're just not doing the things that the guys at the NFL level are doing. And and Bryce has just got to catch up to that and learn from it. That's all. And, Chris, lastly with you, I know you were big on Bryce Young coming into this uh, draft uh, season. Do you think that this is a setback, or do you think he's going to be still the best quarterback of this draft class? Uh, I feel like he might still be the best quarterback of this draft class. But, I mean, I saw Will Levis. He was balling out in rookie practice. I mean, I have a couple things for this one. I would agree with Doc on this one, but Baker did have the same problem last year with batted balls. So, like, is it the quarterback position or is it that offensive line not driving on this defense and letting them get up? And then secondly, is this just another boring-ass offseason story, just like with Jamar Chase, his rookie year, the story about him not being able to catch the football because it's a bigger NFL football compared to college, I think it's just a bullshit story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I mean, second that motion. But 
I'm going to second that motion. Hey, the, those videos of uh, Bryce Young behind his linemen are pretty pretty damning, though. He looks like a midget out there running around. He he's got some big boys on the line. So you said he was five five. I think he's I think he's five five right? in his heels, dude. Yeah, probably. He's he's and he's a small dude. And cleats. But, hey, he's got he's got to learn to get to that deep drop and throw some balls right over the linemen. Yeah, I mean, he'll I figure I, it I out. Think, I, I think he'll figure it out, and I think he'll yeah, figure it out a hell of a lot quicker than Baker. And, and OTAs is different. I think once we get to preseason, and like like Chris said. You know, Jamar Chase had that issue. So once we see preseason a little bit, the first few weeks, we, we think he's going to be the starter, not Andy Dalton. Yeah, it'd be, I think he'll kind of bounce back. Yes, he'll have moments where he gets bad at balls down, but, I mean, Who that's going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, lot, it's a lot more frequent for the guys his size, but I think he's smart enough and he's uh, got, a, I guess, a, court, a former quarterback as a head coach that can kind of help him with that that adjustment. So interested to see how this, this plays out going forward and, Moving on to the New York Jets, uh, back in the headlines, they Jets, were seen Jets. working out former San Diego State stud punter Matt Areza, uh, formerly a Buffalo Bill, got cut after that scandal of a potential uh, rape situation with a couple other friends uh, back in college with a 17-year-old uh, lady. Uh, eventually was proven not guilty as he, apparently he was not on the scene when it happened, but that's not the topic. The topic is moving on there. Chris, do you like the move of the Jets looking at this guy that was, literally was probably the strongest leg in the NFL when he came in? I mean, what the fuck happened to innocent until proven guilty? Like, they accused this man, and his name got fucking dragged through the mud. And this move probably, like, cost him a couple million. I know we were talking about it in the group chat. I feel sorry for this man, but I think this is a great move by the Jets. I love my man Morstead. I think he's a great punter, but he's getting up there in age. Luke, are you okay with the hey. Jets taking this chance? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he to get drafted as a punter, I think, what, is in sixth round or fourth round or something like that? Just to get drafted in general at a, at a kicking position is means you're, you're, you're a stud at your position. Like he he won the punter's award in college. He has a leg. Pat McAfee's talking about the fucking leg this dude has. Why why not work out this dude? What do you have to lose if he can kick bombs? And hey, he's probably a lot cheaper than Morstead too. Save and some Doc, money for the. I know you love your punters and kickers. Uh, does sure this do. take them over the top more than Aaron Rodgers did? Is this more important than signing Aaron Rodgers? Oh, 100%. Yeah, you got to have – I mean, dude, you could have A-Rod, you could have Tyreek Hill, uh, Justin Jefferson, all on that Jets team. But if you ain't got a punter, game over, dude. You ain't going nowhere. Especially with this new kick and roll, to come back out of the 25, you're done. Done. Need that punter. Need that punter. But, no, in, in all seriousness, I mean, my thought process on it is pretty simple. I mean, the guy was, the guy was found not guilty. Uh, came out that he was innocent, so I'm glad to see a bounce back. I'm glad to see that the dragging that Chris talked about did not uh, completely bury him. It's nice to see him get a chance to get back out there and get after it because if you're not guilty, you des- you deserve to be back in it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he beat the system and you know he was actually proven not guilty, let's not, not, not say he beat the system. All right, because you're well, looking, well, you're, you're making that sound like he was guilty and found a way around it. You're making it sound like he was he was Deshaun Watson. With that one, okay. Well, 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 I mean, but he was proven innocent. I mean, he was proven that they didn't have enough uh, evidence. Did to the rise of pay anybody? Those. Well, Watson didn't pay anybody. It, that civil court, civil case is different than criminal cases. He beat his criminal case. No, if the girl, I, I saw if the girl took me to, yeah. Ariza wanted to get fifty k out of him, 
and he said no. So I guess he was just on an interview like a day or two ago. I just I literally just saw before we came on the podcast. Like they were trying to get 50k out of the dude, which is pocket change for the amount of money that he was about to make. Still, yeah. He he but was not going to pay somebody for something that wasn't true. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but either way, I, I don't want to call beat the system because that that's not the right look for it. Uh, the fact is, the system he didn't beat the system. The system worked. The system worked well, for right. him, and and that's what it comes down to. And that's what I think. Except for him, was he he lost out on potentially a couple million dollars just over this one thing. It's oh, yeah. tough, tough for the dude, but you know, good thing he like, he's not. Well, hopefully, kept working innocent. So, so he, well, let's he move can get on. paid now. Let's move on to an actual player position that uh, is not a punter. Let's move on to David Montgomery and now with the Detroit Lions. Fucking loser. Doc, I want to start with you on this one. He came out uh, right before uh, he got hurt. He got hurt just recently. So before he got hurt, he said pretty much that uh, the Chicago Bears losing all those games sucked the fun out of him. And now he likes to compete. He's in a place where he feels he can win. He feels appreciated in Detroit because now I guess Detroit has that winning, you know, philosophy that they've always had. So are you okay with David Montgomery running his mouth? And is it karma I'm that he gl- got hurt? I'm glad. No, no, no. Fuck karma. I'm glad that you're starting with me though on this because does anybody else see the irony in the fact that this guy came out, said that losing sucked the fun out of the game for him. And he goes to fucking Detroit of all teams. All right. You didn't go to Kansas city. You went to Detroit. Uh, I think this is a guy that was unhappy with how the Bears handled the situation. I thought he was a steal in the second round of the draft when we picked him up. Um, but I think that this is a guy that is unhappy that the Bears didn't pursue him, a guy that came out and just wanted to run his mouth and start some shit, uh, maybe get a rivalry built up um, because, again, just unhappy with how they handled him in Chicago on that last year and kind of pushed him to the back burner and then didn't give him that deal. Um, I think that he's just – He's just lashing out, and he didn't get paid by Chicago. So now I, I think, if anything, he's just saying it to cover himself and make himself feel better about his situation being at Detroit because I don't remember a whole lot of teams lining up to sign him uh, when he got done in Chicago. And, Chris, with his injury, he does have an injury history. Uh, do you think that this opens the door for Jameer Gibbs in the first-round running back that they drafted to have that fantasy spotlight? Yeah, like I was texting you, you and Luke this morning – I, I just looked it up. I still couldn't see any specifics on what the injury was. But if this is a big injury, then, like, this is huge for Jameer Gibbs to come in and be that rookie steal in the draft. Oh, yeah. Honest, they're not paying Montgomery all that much money, so Jameer can still come in and take over that lead role regardless of injury for Montgomery. Yeah, yeah this is probably Gibbs' job to win. So if he goes out there – Balls out like he's played at Alabama and Georgia Tech. This dude could ball out and take that job. He he he'll take over. Like he'll probably make Detroit think like stop thinking about DeAndre Swift in the first place. This this dude like he's a real deal. He balled out at Alabama. Yeah, and speaking of fantasy, we're gonna move on to now our new segments for the next couple, probably the next month or so. We're gonna start breaking down our top ten fantasy positions. So when it comes to the the overall positions, we'll do top 10 from quarterback to tight end. With rookies, we're going to do top 10 for only receivers, but top five for tight end, running back, and quarterback. So we're going to start with overall um, positions. So it could be – if you have a quarterback, you have a rookie there, that's fine. But we're going to start with the quarterbacks. We're going to break it down 10 through 1. And ESPN's top 10, starting from 1 this year, is Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, 
Burrow, Jackson, Fields, Herbert, Watson, Lawrence, and Prescott. I know that we're all four going to have different opinions on that. Um, so we're going to start with rankings 10 through 1. So we're going to start with the last, or the last of that top 10, work our way up the top. Just kind of give a brief description why, you know, what you like about the player, what you think he brings to the field, um, any potential maybe risk, maybe in a lot of high rewards. So, Chris, let's start with you. Who is your number 10 quarterback for fantasy ten, I have, in a redraft? At 10, I have Tua. He's big, big play, deep passing ball. I mean, this man could have a bad game for you, and then within two or three plays, he made it up with a 60-yard bomb for a touchdown. He has Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Biggest issue there is health. I think this is a value pick, though, because no one's going to chase him. Last season, he had four weeks top quarterback, three weeks top five. I mean, the biggest question I have also with Mike McDaniels is after their bye week, teams started queuing up on their offensive game plan and clashing in. So is Mike McDaniel going to be able to change up that game plan? Yeah, interesting decision there. I do agree with you. It's It could be a value pick in the later, like, mid-rounds, like round seven through nine. Doc, who's your 10th quarterback on your list? Doc, uh, once and, again, you got to work on that. Geez. Yeah, that mute. You, you're a pro at that, but who's your 10th quarterback, my friend? Uh, 10th quarterback, I'm going with the hometown hero, my man from the Chicago Bears. I am going Justin Fields solely for the reason of the offensive line help that they got and the uh, wide receiver help that they got with DJ Moore. Uh, I'm excited to see what this guy can do. I feel like he's finally going to have that opportunity to be a quarterback. Um, so I got him coming in hot at number 10. Yeah, I mean, that's he's a top 10 quarterback last year. He was literally number six um, in the finished rankings when it was all said and done. Luke, who's your 10th quarterback? So I'm right here with Chris. I, I picked two as number 10 for me. Having Tyreek Hill and Jay Wilder, Waddle, no question. He can just throw that ball up there, and those dudes are going to run and grab it. It's too easy. Biggest concern with him is that, that concussion. If he gets another concussion, I mean, he already can, like contemplated retiring for this season. So injury is big possibility for him, but he can throw like a 10-yard slant to Tua or Tyreek. I mean, Tua can throw one to Tyreek or uh, Jalen Waddle, and they'll take it to the house, and those fantasy points will be out. Like he torched the Ravens last year uh, during that game, so I, I have two at ten for me as well. Maybe two is the real slant master, not Joe Slants, Mister Joe Burrow. But I don't have Deep two slants? in my top ten as well. I, I don't have top two in my top ten at all. I actually for number ten spot, I have Aaron Rodgers. I do think with the weapons they have in New York, I think Brees Hall being there, some good checkdowns, going to get some points out of that too. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to fall a little bit towards where he's normally at. But I like Aaron Rodgers at number 10. I think he is a couple years left in him still. I like the weapons they have, like I said. So I'm going Mr. Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP at number 10. Chris, who is your number nine quarterback? Number nine, I actually have our man A-Rod as well. 13th quarterback last season. Then before he lost um, Devontae Adams, he was number six and then number three. My big question here is, is Wilson going to be able to step up and be that superstar like Devontae Adams was? for A-Rod, which I think he will yeah, be able to. Definitely agree with you. So it sounds like we have A-Rod around the same spot. I mean, 9 10, you can flip with anything. Doc, who's that ninth QB on your list, my friend? I'm actually, uh, just like the draft, I'm going to keep it uh, keep the theme here of me and Chris having the same picks all the way across. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers as well. Uh, like he said, he nailed it on the head with the weapons. I think he's still got some time left. Um, 
The only reason I, I had Justin Fields at number 10 is because it's it's still somewhat unproven as far as the arm ability and things like that. So that's why I got him at number 10. Um, but yeah, you're at number nine. Luke, who's that ninth QB, so, my friend? I, I have Justin Fields over here at number nine with me. His running ability makes him a huge threat. I think he was the top rushing quarterback last season. Now he's also got DJ Moore at wide receiver, who's a dog out of Maryland. So I think I think Justin Fields can take this one at number nine for me. I'm actually going to be going with the 10th uh, quarterback last year when it was all said and done. I'm going with Jared Goff. I think he's still in that prove it, that prove it phase where he needs Bold the ball move. out to have a potential starting spot. If that's Detroit or that's another team, he was playing hot last year. He will have Jamison Williams out for six games, but he proved the ball out with Jamison Williams out last year. They do still have one of the top receivers in the league, Amon St. Brown. They have some tight ends now. I mean, they have running backs you can check down to. I like Dan Campbell as a, as a coach there. He gets Jared Goff going like Sean McVay used to. I actually become a little bit more of a fan of Jared Goff, like how he was back in the Rams. Not sold on him still completely, but with fantasy, I think First he can half of his career with the Rams. Yeah, I mean, when bold, Sean McVay was in pick. his ear. Bold yeah, definitely bold nine, pick. Yeah, when I was reviewing it, I, I like what Detroit's going to do this year. I'm, I really I keep saying Detroit's going to win that division. So for them to win that division, they have to have good QB play. Chris, who's your eighth yeah. QB? I got T-Law out of Jacksonville. He had an impressive end of the season last year. Ended up at quarterback seven. He looks like he's setting up to be that franchise quarterback for them coming out of his sophomore year. And give him credit because his freshman year, he was under Urban Meyer. So we know how that happened. But he's in the same system again. They added Calvin Ridley. I guarantee you that this man is not going to step, take a step backwards. He's only going to go forward. So I have T-Law at eight. And not just Calvin Ridley, but the fourth-ranked receiver in Deontay, Devontae Adams listing. Well, actually, according to math, it's the fifth receiver. But like I said, they don't teach math in Vegas. Doc, who's your eighth quarterback? My eighth quarterback, since we are going on a redraft style uh, for comparison, I am going with the man, the legend himself out of Seattle, Geno Smith, paired with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and now adding Jackson Smith and Jigba. The guy balled out last year, especially I had him on fantasy. That guy was an absolute monster. The numbers were incredible. Uh, took him a long time to, to to find his place in the league, but now that he's got weapons and he's finally been given a true opportunity um, to excel, I mean, the guy was an absolute animal last year, and I'm looking for bigger and better things from him this year. Yeah, and he was number five last year, Doc, when it was all said and done, when 2022 was over. So, I mean, that, to me, that's a bold take. I think he's still going to be good, but I don't know if he's going to be top 10 good this year. I think teams are going to figure him out. But 100%. like you said, he he was good last year. I can understand why you're putting him that in that top 10 spot. With those Luke, receivers, that, you've got you've got to have him top 10 just with those receivers alone. Oh, I, I mean, got the Pete Carroll effect going over there. Same thing with Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll effect. I mean, <clears throat> Pete Carroll like, makes the quarterback's job easy, and you can show that with Geno Smith. First-year starter. Balled out, so I like that. Luke, I like that pick, but for me, I have uh, Aaron Rodgers at my number eight slot here. Aaron Rodgers coming from the same system from Green Bay down to the New York. You know, he's got a lot of young dudes around him, a couple of familiar faces for him. Uh, got Brees Hall that was probably going to be rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt, and he's got um, the wide receivers rookie of the year for him, and the Sauce Gardner at the defensive side, solid defense. Russell, I mean, um, Aaron Rodgers is going to figure out that offense, and he'll ball out again this year. Not, not, not a huge learning curve for him at all, if he's not injured. Aaron Rodgers stays pretty healthy usually, so 
Well, we'll see. I, I uh, like my, at number eight. With my QB, I'm agreeing with Chris. I'm going to go from Duval County, Trevor Lawrence. I think he's still a young stud in this league. He got his first playoff win last year. But besides that, the only issue I have him, he's so, a little lower in my top 10 just because he still has that higher interception rate. He still gets careless with the ball at times, and that's the reason why I have him towards the top, the bottom of my top 10. I think he has a lot of a ceiling in him. If he can turn down that turnover rate, uh, he's definitely going to get yards. He can run the ball. He could definitely sling the rock. I, I can see him being top five this year, but I can't put him there yet until I see some more consistency with not turning the ball over. Chris, who's your seventh quarterback? Our seventh quarterback, I got Justin Herbert. I mean, this man is just an outstanding thrower. Last year didn't really pan out like some of us wanted to, but we had Keenan Allen go down, and then Big Mike Williams didn't live up to the expectations he was supposed to. I think this is going to be a comeback year for Justin Herbert. Yes, and they did add Quinston Johnson from TCU, stud wide receiver there. Doc, who's your seventh QB? Seventh for me, I am finally going to catch up with all of y'all. I'm going Trevor Lawrence out of Jacksonville. Uh, slow start to the career, like we said, under Urban Meyer. Um, but he seemed to really start to get a handle on things uh, last year, and I think that this is going to be an exciting year coming up for him. Again, he's just got to work on those turnover numbers and the and the uh, decision-making, uh, kind of looking a little Jay Cutler-esque out there uh, at times. But I think uh, I think he's going to dial it in, and, and they're, they're getting help for him. So it's going to be nice to see. Yeah, like like Chris said, they did get Calvin Ridley. I mean, they have Travis Etienne, his best friend from college. Luke, who's your seventh QB? So I'm right there, Doc. I got Trevor Lawrence's number seven for me. Sneaky good wide receiver room. Uh, Etienne, good running back. So I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, he, he'll be my number seven quarterback for this. And I'm going to go with my seven quarterback, Doc's quarterback, Justin Fields. I, I was talking to Doc earlier before we got on the show. I would have him higher. Um, I think he's a hell of a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson, but I want to see more of that consistency before I can get him in the top five. I do think he's going to limit the running a little bit now because they did invest in that O-line, and he's going to start throwing the ball a little more with DJ Moore being acquired and maybe start to actually use Chase Claypool, who came in the middle of the season. So now they have him under there. They know what to do. So I think that just kind of limits to the running, which will take some points away because running is huge in fantasy. So I have him there at number seven. I think he can he can flourish just like Trevor Lawrence. I think he can flourish top five again, but I need to see more consistency with him running the ball and throwing the ball as well. Chris, who's your sixth quarterback? Interesting situation at six and story. I got Lamar Jackson. Man finished QB one his MVP his MVP year, but that's been four years. And since then, I mean back to back injury seasons. He just has the injury bug. The Ravens did add some offensive weapons for him. He has OBJ now. He has Trey Flowers. And Todd Munkin, the new offense coordinator, did say he wanted to throw the ball deep. So it's is that going to take some running away from Lamar? That's the question that I have. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see because Lamar did say he wants to throw the ball more. He said he's going to throw for 6,000 yards. I believe he can do it. He's a stud athlete in this league. Doc, who's your sixth quarterback? Six quarterback again, uh, right in line with Chris. I'm going Lamar Jackson. Uh, obviously, the MVP year, outstanding numbers. But I mean, the immediately following year, uh, full season, 15 games, only 2,700 yards. I mean, I, I just wasn't impressed. The numbers have been have been going down since then, uh, from 113 to 99 on the on the rating, uh, 83 to 73 on the QBR, all the way down to 50 and 59 for last season. Uh, so injuries aside, I mean, the numbers have just been have just been dwindling. It was 12 games each last two seasons, 2,200 passing yards last year, 28 
the year before. Um, but no, I, I think, I think he's got the potential to move up higher, uh, with adding, um, some, some true wide receivers and some help in the receiving core. But, um, yeah, that's six for Luke, me. You look like a yeah, human. That's giving him right. respect. Yeah. That's giving him respect in my opinion. Cause I had him rolling. I've been shuffling. I've been shuffling. Luke, you're fuming over there. Do you agree with them? Yeah. Do you have Lamar at six I, or you got? I, no, I got, I got Lamar a lot higher than six, but. I'll, I'll carry on my number six pick as uh, Justin Herbert. You know, big arm. He's got good, two good wide receivers. Uh, he's running backs back. So, I, I think Herbert gets it done this year. He'll actually finish some games and Chargers, you know, might might make it deep in the playoffs. They have potential. They have solid defense, good offense, good wide receivers. So, we'll see. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Luke. I have Justin Herbert number six. Um I have him number six this year. He, uh, I, I kind of agree with you. He has the weapons. They did add Quentin, Quentin Johnson from TCU. Austin Eckler's there for at least another year. They have, do have Gerald Everett, who was a sneaky tight end last year, who uh, in the red zone was very valuable. But I, I think Herbert's running ability as well keeps him afloat in that top six range, even top five range. Um, I like I like him, his style at quarterback. I think he has a, a lot of gifted abilities throwing the ball. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's pretty accurate in my book. That's who my number six quarterback is. Now, boys, we're in our top five. We're halfway done. This is where I feel like we're going to have a little bit, a little bit of differences because obviously, I I know one's going to be the same for everybody. But Chris, who is number five for you? Number five. Shout out to Doc. I got Justin Fields. Ooh, putting some respect on it. Yeah, this man's just a wrecking ball for fantasy. Fields is a is a elite fantasy football player. Don't get that wrong. But when it comes to an actual NFL player, he's down there. He makes mistakes. He gets sacked. But none of that fucking matters in fantasy. I mean, after week six, when they released him and let him go, he was one of the top quarterbacks. After week six, he had 5.3 designed runs a game. Before then, he only had 2.5. So they're letting him run. And then they added some offensive weapons like DJ Moore. I think he has a high ceiling this year. Doc, I know you're happy to hear that. We're actually giving a Chicago Bears quarterback love, not something we've normally had to do it's in their, crazy. their storied franchise. Who do you have at number five, though? <clears throat> number five, I am coming in with my man out of Los Angeles, uh, Justin Herbert. Um, I mean, we've all pretty much said it. Uh, big thing for me, almost 10,000 passing yards in the last two seasons. I mean, the numbers have just been there. He's been an absolute lightning rod um, in the AFC over there. So looking for him to light it up again this year. Yeah, fitting is a lightning rod there. I mean, they literally are the Chargers. They are the Bolts. See what Luke. I did there? See yeah, I, I love it. Who's your, yeah, who's your top five, though? Who's your fifth quarterback, Luke? All right, number five for me is going to be Joe Burrows. So, hot, wow, hot take you, for you guys. You put, him, but, you put him in the top ten? Uh, yeah, Joe he's Slant. my top ten. Yeah, Joe Slance uh. is number five for me. All right, dude can figure out how to win games. I don't – he loses uh, – Jamar Chase for a game, a couple games, he forgets how to throw the ball, stuff like that. So if he has a major injury at wide receiver, he, his season's about done. So if well, he can stay healthy. I'll, I'll have a little rebuttal there. He did get a quarterback one while Jamar Chase was out during a fantasy week. So Okay, one one week he played okay. Sorry. <laughs> but Other Luke, that, I'm agreeing with he, you. I have Joe Burrow. He's a slow starter. You saw him start last season. Everybody thought he was washed up at the beginning of last season, his first, what, three, four games. He had more interceptions the games he played. So, 
All right, slow start. I don't. He has wide receiver go down. He, he's a risky pick, but Duke can win games at the end of the day and put win games when they matter. But except Super Bowls. I'm agreeing with you, Luke, for the, the why he's at five, but not for the reason why. I think he still balls out with Jamar Chase out. He had great numbers without Jamar Chase for those few games. But the reason why I have him at five is strictly he's not a running quarterback. Um, the guys that we're about to list, uh, my top four, those guys can run the ball, and that's why they're there. I think Joe Burrow's got phenomenal passing yards. He might even be MVP this year. Uh, he's definitely in that, that conversation for it this year. But I just don't think his running ability is why he's at five. So – Solid choice, though, if you can get him in your top five. I think that can help you win a fantasy league. Um, Luke, you don't have any experience with that, so maybe you should draft Joe Burrow. Me and Chris know a thing or two about winning. Chris knows that twice. I, I, I would never draft Joe year. Burrow. I mean, that's the problem. with That's why you don't win normally in these redraft leagues because you sometimes pick with your with your heart, not your brain. But I am going Joe Burrow at five. Joe Slants is definitely there for me. Chris, who's number four for you? Number four, Big Dick Joe. I have him at number four. I mean, only quarterback last year to finish as quarterback number one three times in the season. Only quarterback. Look it up. Stats say it. Um, and one time he did do it back-to-back. And one time he did it without Jamar Chase. So, fuck you, Luke, with saying he can't throw the ball without Jamar. But the man was an elite talent. He has great offense. An amazing wide receiver core with Jamar, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I mean, he had 606 passing attempts last year, and he sat out a game. The only thing I have him going here is this man has to have north of 35 passing touchdowns for him to be up this high. Yeah, I mean, he was number four last year, even though he had those highest uh, number one rankings for each, for a week, but he was number four. Doc, who's your fourth QB? Yeah, I got Joe Burrow as well. I think uh, it was a bit of a slow start for him last year, and if you take that away and kind of average out the numbers from, from how he warmed up in the season – uh, it was a big difference maker. Uh, the wide receiving core, like you said, is great out there. Um, I like him at number four. And Luke, who's your fourth QB? So number four for me is going to be uh, Josh Allen. A big dude, big arm. He can run the ball. He's not scared of contact. Good wide receivers, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, maybe Hawkins. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to go with the second-best quarterback from the 2018 NFL draft class, not Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson is the second-best quarterback of that draft class at my fourth spot. He's got injury concerns, but this is a kind of a situation where I'm, it's all healthy situations. I'm not thinking anyone's going to get hurt. I do think Lamar's running ability is going to keep him in that top-five position. I don't think his passing ability is going to keep him in the top-three, top-two spot where Luke is going to have him. I, I do like Lamar Jackson fantasy-wise. I think he's a stud when it comes to – giving you points in fantasy. Is he going to win games? Yeah, he's going to win regular season games, but playoffs he won't. And um, I still think my playoffs, I think Lamar Jackson. And Chris, who's your top three now where we're starting? Who's your third quarterback? So, I mean, top three, I don't have much to say about these guys. I mean, there's a reason why they're top three. But number three, I have Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's finished his quarterback three last year. He just got that new paycheck. So let's see if it makes up. I mean, he makes his money with rushing touchdowns. He had 13 last year and only 22 throwing touchdowns. So, I mean, let's see if defenses queue up on his running ability and get him a little bit lower down on the quarterback ranking. And, Doc, who's your third quarterback? Yeah, third for the for the points alone, I'm going Jalen Hurts. The only uh, concerning thing for him was the passing touchdowns. Uh, fantasy points just lower last year in general because of that, I think. Um, I'm looking to obviously see some better numbers with that. Um, 
but, you know, still being younger quarterback, only third year in the league. So, uh, you know, second full season, you know, you kind of you kind of expect to see that. So, you know, he's only he can only go up from here, in my opinion. Great quarterback. I think he's got a lot to prove high ceiling. Um, but I got him number three. Luke, who's your third quarterback? All right, here we go. 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson right here. Number three for me. I'm so, sorry. What year was that? 2019, unanimous MVP. Okay. We're, we're starting yeah. 23. We're starting 2023 here. Yeah, it'll probably, right. probably right. win it this year. But. Cool, cool. So, I like it. Hey, this first year they're starting to actually invest in Lamar Jackson, throwing the ball. So we have three first round draft picks that are at in wide receiver room right now with OBJ, Zay Flowers. So, yeah. I, and we also have what's that? No, I was don't get excited going. for OBJ yet. Yeah, hey, OBJ is feeling better than ever. His knees fixed this time. I mean, he would have won. The, yeah, hey, he would have won the MVP, uh, the Super Bowl MVP, if he wouldn't blow out his ACL. Took a year off. He's feeling good. Also, Mark Andrews coming back. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Offense is going to be loaded. Defense is always stacked as always. So, it, I, think Dom, I got Lamar we'll Jackson to- number three. Lamar Jackson's the most athletic quarterback out of all the NFL quarterbacks. Dude can run the ball. He'll fast dude besides Tyreek Hill and a couple other wide receivers on the field at all times. So Lamar Jackson's going to – he's going to run away with this. It'll probably be the MVP and win the Super Bowl again this year. So, Doc, we'll Patrick, man, you want to talk about bold predictions. Try. Holy shit. Doc, we'll have to pull up the, the chats that me and Luke and Chris have where he says Odell's getting 2,000 yards, Lamar's getting 6,000. I'm going to need to get yeah, put yeah. into those chats because I, I need I'm, – I'm bringing that to the pod. That is <laughs> – Oh, Odell is going to have 2,000. The only thing Odell is going to have 2,000 of is missed downs played uh, hey, when he tears e- his ACS e- week a, one. EGC is about to pay DeAndre Hopkins. Wide receiver room is going to be fucking stacked. They're going to need – yeah, no, they need DeAndre Hopkins because uh, I'm already discounting OBJ being out. I mean, I'd give him week three at the, at best. Lamar, we'll we'll take the second half of the season. Lamar and OBJ are going to be in the bathroom together watching the playoff game. <laughs> All right, let's hey, move hey, on. At least, at least they'll make the playoffs out of these out of the NFC South teams. Just wait for Lamar Week 13, baby. Let's All right, let's move on. Gonna, this will be there. My third quarterback, I'm going with who I said is the best quarterback of that 2018 NFL draft class, which included Lamar Jackson. I'm going Josh Allen. I do think he is one of the better passers in this league. He's finally found touch after his first couple of years where it was all rockets and lasers. He's found touch passing. Like Luke said, He's a monster that runs the ball. He will run somebody over. He will get those yards. He will hurdle you as well. I, I do think with the weapons he has there, he is more dynamic than a Lamar Jackson just because of the passing dynamic. Yes, he's not as fast as Lamar, but he's still a deadly, he's pretty much a deadly runner like Lamar, just different styles of running the quarterback. I'm also biased. I love Josh Allen. I've been waiting for him to win the Super Bowl. I called it almost the year they went to the championship against the Chiefs. I had him in the Super Bowl that year. I'm, I love what Buffalo's doing. I, I love Josh Allen. I just think he's a top three quarterback uh, for fantasy. Chris, who's your number two quarterback? Number two, I got Josh Allen. I mean, he finished his QB2 last year. He ran for 700 yards in each of the last two years, and he had six <clears throat> touchdown rushing in each of his five NFL seasons. So I think he's just going to give you those extra points with passing and running. Doc, who's your number two quarterback? Uh, yeah, definitely going Josh Allen. Another reason why I want to see um, why I want to see 
the, the Bills make this move and get uh, DeAndre Hopkins because Allen has, has been a proven passer. He has not had, I wouldn't say, elite receiving cores and still been able to put up the numbers that he has. Uh, but the thing I like about him is he's not a pocket passer. He's not a scrambling quarterback, you know, or he, he's not a he's not a rush first quarterback like Lamar Justin Fields. He is a guy that is just willing to take contact and and make the play any way that he's got to do it. But he is a pass first quarterback and just all around. I mean, his game is just a stand up game. Luke, number two for you. So I got I got Jalen Hurts number two. Hey, big time wide receivers AJ Brown over there. Uh, Jalen Hurts run game, you know. He took him all the way to the NFC Championship game, took him to the Super Bowl, ended up losing the Super Bowl. But Jalen Hurts, he can he's proved it last year he can throw the ball too as well as run. So I got Jalen Hurts as number two. Yeah, I agree with you, Luke. He's not the reason why they lost the Super Bowl neither. He had a hell of a game in that Super Bowl. He put up yeah, monster he balled numbers. Out. Not just A.J. Brown. He's got Devontae Smith. If Dallas Goddard's healthy, that's still a great tight end, I do believe there. Also has DeAndre Swift coming there. They have Rashad Penny. I do have Jalen Hurts number two. I was a high believer on the Eagles coming into last year, more specifically because they had an easy schedule. But now that they made moves, now they have some more weapons and defensive stars there. I like Philly, but I do like Jalen Hurts at number two. Boys, we're not going to address number one because it's all, it's unanimous. We have Patrick Mahomes. The guy's the best quarterback in the league. I think we can all agree on that one. Even without the superstar wide Mayfield. receivers. Yeah, I don't <laughs> believe it. So, But yeah, he's only really superstar – only superstar stud they he has is Not a tight end right. named Travis Kelsey. And uh, it's just safe to say Patrick Mahomes will be the number one quarterback. He was number one last year. And if he's not number one, he's not going to go past number two or three. So Mahomes will help you win a league. Uh, I think we are on agreement on that. We're going to move on. We have a few minutes left. We're going to talk about it real quick. I know Luke hasn't been watching much basketball, but my Miami Heat, we're up 3-0. Now we're up 3-2. I said it coming after that game for a uh, four loss. It's 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 pressure time because now we're we're the underdogs. I mean, we were the underdogs coming in the series. It's different if you're up 3-0 and you're the home team for court advantage. But being the underdog going into that 3-0 lead, you have to win game five because game six now is a is a pressure game. You have to win it and Miami because you don't want to go back uh, back to game seven in the garden down or tied 3-3 after giving that momentum shift. Chris, does Miami pull it off in game six? Or are we going to game seven to the garden? I think we're on game seven. I mean, the Celtics finally found their stride. They're fucking rolling with it. I mean, last game, their whole offense popped off. I think, what, four of their starters had over 20 points. I mean, I know we talked about it last night when we got back-to-back dubs on COD. Shout out to Mark Davis, God's Belogny. Doc, you suck at COD. But, yep. um, but we talked about it last night. I mean, Miami did look shitty offensively they had a couple dumb turnovers but i think we're gonna go game seven doc are you agreeing with chris i know you both had boston six so are you riding with boston with the momentum shift that they have or you think miami can close it out back in south beach i think miami definitely sent a chance to close it out honestly um i had boston pretty hands down in this series but i think uh, where i'm at now i mean it could be a coin flip honestly yeah, Luke, do you have any opinion on it? I know you haven't and really watched it. And also, too. as we all remember, <laughs> I just personally don't give a flying shit because the Charmin Basketball Association is weak. Yeah, Can we I, just I, got no com- I got no comment on basketball. I haven't watched a single second this season, so I know no comment on basketball. Yes, weak. Yeah, Can I mean, I, I – whoever, whoever wins this game out of Miami and Celtics is just going to get swept by the Nuggets. Like, there's no point of fucking watching the finals. I, I don't know about yep. sweet, but 
I, I do think Miami's going to win this game. I think Jimmy and Bam are going to be more aggressive. Uh, I hope Game Vincent's going to be back. That was a big, big loss for last game. We, like Chris said, we had some turnovers. We didn't shoot the ball bad. We just had a lot of turnovers, and we weren't crashing the boards, and they were giving them offensive uh, rebounds, which is big for another team. If they're getting two or three possessions during a one single possession, that's big for that team. I, I do think Jimmy is going to come out to the playoff you. Jimmy. Yeah, I do think playoff Jimmy's going to come out. I think Bam is going to attack the paint more. That's the problem he was having the last couple of games. He kind of got soft. Uh, he was taking the Boston philosophy for the first three games. So I do think Miami's going to come out hot. I think that they need to put a punch in their mouth right away. They can't play from behind. Don't give Boston momentum. Jason Tatum's been hot the last two games. So I don't think we'll get a game seven. And I think with that, we'll have two South Beach teams in their finals with the Florida Panthers uh, in the Stanley Cup finals playing potentially Vegas. They're up 3-1 right now. Yeah, go Panthers. Panthers. I want to see Florida teams. Uh, But, boys, we did it. We we managed a four-man episode. Provided some good intake, I think, for fantasy. I, I love it. Next episode, we're going to be doing running back. So if Luke's here, Luke, have your running back rankings ready to go. Doc, I know you'll be here, hopefully. Should be here. Should be good to go from now on. Yeah, with yeah just that, put some so shit like on said, the walls, would you? <laughs> new, new house, that's the way just, it is. No, I, 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 just, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in my kitchen over here. I don't even have a desk. Hang a blanket <laughs> up over there or something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> with well, that, I'm too, also my get, kitchen. I need you to give me a photo because I got to get you on the intro now if you're going to be a permanent member. So got to work on that. Chris, you know, you're always here, dude. Always looking good. Always with that piece of shit Saints hat. Once again, though, get some decoration behind you because. Hey, bro, I know it's fucking 100 degrees in Texas right now. You shouldn't be wearing no fucking hoodie. Hey, my AC's. I know it's 100 degrees there. My AC's blowing. (laughs) Hey, you paying for that shit too in Texas too. (laughs) Oh, I know. It's worth it. It's worth it. Luke, it was good to have you for your first episode. I hope hey. you get a feel for this. Hey, thanks for it's having great me, hearing it. No, you're I mean, like I said, you're you're one of us now. Like I said, I hope you and yeah. Doc become like brothers, like the, the three of us. Maybe we'll start doing boys' cruises with Doc. Maybe we'll get him out there in the waters. Show him a good time, you know. Because hey, we, we definitely have him. Not a man that drops CMC and Doc in a dynasty. Hey, let him do it. But Doc, <laughs> great to hear your voice again. Glad to see you feeling better. Uh, just glad to have you back in the sack house, my friend. Good, Always good, good to be back. There. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. And Chris, like I said, just great to have you here, man. Thanks, Mark. I love you. But like Bring you guys know, going. I'm Mark. Yeah, right now I'm on the course train, but I am Mark Davis. That is Luke Rule. That is Doc. Nick, the Doc Skirkwins. That is Chris Kameinhart. And this is All About the Balls podcast from the sack house. And we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.